Super Bible Party, Super Bible Party, Super Bible Party, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi, uh, welcome to Super Bible Party. Uh, my name is Robert Berry, and this is the third episode. And today, uh, been looking forward to this one. Uh, we're going to talk about Noah and the Great Flood. Uh, probably one of the most memorable stories in in the Bible. And, uh, you know, Sunday school alike, it's one of the first stories uh, that you learn uh, when you're studying the Bible. And it's a story that uh, is in the Old Testament. It's one of the first stories in the book of Genesis. And uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of weird. And and, and as promised with the Super Bible Party podcast, uh, there's some weird and twisted stuff uh, that's often overlooked in the story uh, of Noah's Ark as well. So... Um, thanks to all, uh, the folks who've, uh, sent me, uh, messages about how much they like the first two podcasts and, uh, we're finally showing up on, uh, the iTunes and Spotify and Stitcher. And if, if there's a, a podcast service that you use that we're not showing up on, uh, let me know. I'll try to work that out. And of course you can always go to superbiblepartycom but, uh, Noah's Ark, Noah. In the Great Flood. That's what we're going to talk about now. That's some ambient uh, rain noise in the background here. So, uh, let's go back. <laughs> back to the time of Noah. Now, this is a time in the Bible where the characters uh, live a long time. Um, you know, there's, uh, there's a point where God says, Hey, people are only going to live 120 years. From this point forward after the flood uh, but uh, people lived a long time you know and uh, you know uh, Noah he was a farmer and uh, he uh, lived to be f- f- at this point in the story he's 500 years old now can you imagine what you have seen the knowledge you have you're 500 years old f- five times what what most people could possibly hope to live to. This guy's 500 years old. Um, one can only imagine the effect gravity had on his ball sack. I'll tell you that. Um, it's got to be massive. But uh, hopefully uh, things are a little different. Uh, maybe he's like, a, you know, a Yoda type of dude where he's, you know, they just age a little differently. Uh, but nonetheless, 500-year-old Noah is, uh, is working along and... Uh, it, it, you get this uh, little setup here that uh, there were uh, there's this group of folks uh, they call them the Nephilim, and they're the product of um, celestial beings, heaven, the sons of God, uh, and uh, they had sex with with human women, and their offspring were giants, and uh, that they were the Nephilim, and. Uh, it's mentioned that they are the heroes of old and men of renown. Now, this, this pretty basically, uh, God decides at this point that the world is full of irreparable wickedness, and uh, His only solution is to flood the world, flood the whole world, and, and purge 
the earth of, of humankind's wickedness. Now, people take this a lot of different ways. Now, is it that we became too bad as a people? Uh, that we're, uh, you know, the, the thought of forgiveness and, and making amends for things uh, really wasn't big in the Old Testament. But uh, were people just so bad um, as a whole that this was just the solution? Uh, God just was going to drown them all. Um, you know, there's one thought that God's sons, the fallen, uh, maybe they were demons, maybe they were just bad angels. We, it's not really spelled out, but perhaps they polluted the bloodline of humanity uh, with the offspring of angels and, 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 and women uh, running through the world. And that Noah and his family were an untainted bloodline. So if he, this was one way he could get rid of everybody. Could have also just snapped his finger uh, maybe the flood didn't need to happen, uh, but you know, he chose the flood, and uh, and that's what was done. And Noah was told, at the age of five hundred, you th- you think you know you're gonna enjoy your retirement? No, not Noah. Uh, at the age of five hundred, Noah is told that uh, in about one hundred twenty years, this is done, and I need you to build this ark. And uh, boy. What a task. Him and his uh, his sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, uh, have to help him with this. And uh, um, it's not easy, folks. This ark, you know, it's not like a little toy in your bathtub. This ark, some people figure if someone were to build an ark of this nature, and in the timeline of the Bible, uh, they built this thing in 50 to maybe 75 years. Um, and... Uh, this thing was huge. It was 540 feet long. Can you imagine that? It's like t- it's it's one and a half football fields long. Uh, it's 37 feet high and it's 75 feet wide. Uh, not unlike your mom. But uh, Noah's a farmer. I I, I don't know what he uh, makes of uh, suddenly having to build this giant ass boat, the Ark. Noah's giant ass ark. Uh, God gives him the instructions, though. He gives him very... It's interesting. It's very explicit. Uh, step-by-step instructions. Shows how they have to use the pitch. How the rooms need to be constructed. Uh, floors that can support the weight of elephants. All of this stuff is in this ark. And, um, but he gets instructions. So it's, it's, it's basically the first Ikea kit. Um, Noah founded Ikea. Uh, by putting this all together, um, there was ten leftover pegs when he was through, and he was really worried, but it all all worked out. And not only, not only does God uh, tell him how to build a boat, but he tells him that he's got to bring uh, basically representation of every animal on earth. Now, we, we got to assume the fish are okay. The fish are going to be fine. Um... And uh, but two of each animal, uh, seven of some others, but two of each unclean animal, because these are going to be the seeds that will repopulate uh, at least the terrestrial animal uh, population uh, here. Now, so the, so this is uh, this is pretty uh, interesting. Now, how did Noah go about uh, gathering all these animals? Well, we you know we'll assume for the sake of the story they didn't have to. They had so much time just to build the ark. Um, 
there's a period before the flood where he gets like a seven day head start. The ark's done, and and, and God says, "You in seven days, this is going to happen." And then the animals just show up and start walking on the boat, and they kind of guide them on there. Put them in their proper pens. Take care of this place. It's a floating zoo. And uh, no one else is a is, – the, the rains start coming. And, you know, you, there's been movie depictions where the people are laughing at Noah, calling him a fool. Uh, you know, they've been watching this dude build an ark for the last 70 years. Uh, so he's kind of the local crazy dude uh, who also is uh, responsible for the <laughs> complete deforestation in the area with the thousands of trees uh, he has been uh, – Carving quite a housing shortage there uh, around the Mesopotamian plain, and uh, anyway, the flood comes. The flood comes, and it rains for forty days and forty nights. Covers the highest mountain, we are told. And uh, not only does it rain for forty days and forty nights, but Noah uh, and his family are now floating in this boat. For about 150 days, you thought staying with your family over the weekend was bad. They, they were, they're in there for 150 days, half a year after those four. So almost 200 days uh, from beginning to end here that this, this works out. Now, we're going to rewind a little bit here before we go ahead with this story. But uh, the flood, first of all, was there ever a flood that completely covered the whole earth um probably not you know i mean we know how water works in the the shape of the continents and all that um however i think it's reasonable that there have been great floods in certain areas the worldview of someone uh in a society like noah may have been from you know what does the whole world even mean to you it could have been you know a uh, a flood just in a in a local area, and all you can see was flood water. Certainly, those sorts of things uh, have happened, and uh, there's evidence of floods in this area. So let's let's not get caught up on the fact that a flood covered the whole Earth or not. I think most most folks would agree the entire planet did not flood. Uh, however, um, there are stories of floods in a lot of cultures um you know if if you do a little bit of research there is a uh, um a babylonian account of a great flood uh and, and and there's a mesopotamian flood myth from that it's it's an epic the epic of gilgamesh which is a great story uh maybe we'll talk about gilgamesh some other time not bible necessarily but There are stories in the Epic of Gilgamesh that influenced Old Testament stories in the Bible. Um, Also one of the first kind of heroes of literature as well is uh, Gilgamesh there. But uh, there's stories of a flood and a boat. Um, Most cultures have some kind of flood story. Um, You know, the Greek mythology uh, has a flood story where Zeus flooded uh, people as a punishment. Uh, the Chinese uh, have one. Uh, Norse mythology uh, has a flood. Uh, Irish, Native American, it, it, it's all over there. So I think most cultures have experienced a flood. So the idea of a great flood, a great deluge that purges and cleanses, it's very symbolic. Um, 
it's it's easy to tell. It's it's very picturesque. If you were telling a story to someone else, this is a this is a neat visual because you've seen rain, you've seen water. Imagine if it got so big it flooded everything. That's that's what was going on there. So uh, it's thought that uh, the Noah story in the Book of Genesis may have been influenced by a similar story. Uh, with the Epic of Gilgamesh at the time uh, that this is written, we can you know we can look at the floods, but all influences aside, let's let's talk about the Great Flood for Noah. Now this is a this is a fun fun thing to think about. I mean it's a it was a horrible time to be alive, you know, uh, while this flood was going on. Uh, uh, unless you're on that boat, you know, we had Noah, his wife, Noah's three sons, and Noah's sons wives so there's eight people on that boat so it was horrible every man woman child baby in the world uh this was a horrible time to be alive unless you were on that ark uh or unless you were a shark uh this is this is pretty much considered uh to be the golden age of being a shark uh they're swimming around they're used to eating little fish and and bigger fish and they're like oh my gosh koala bears and giraffes i i never thought i'd get to taste this stuff is that a panda bear over there floating Woohoo! thank you god god is great the sharks were loving it you know i mean all this they got uh, all the stuff that didn't make it onto the arcs just floating all around wow wow what a time to be a shark i mean i'm i'm fully convinced maybe god didn't want to punish uh the world uh and cleanse it as much as he just wanted a uh, uh 40 days and nights of shark week to watch uh, that could that could be the case there, but uh, anyway, obviously making some jokes here, but uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, they're in this boat, you know, and there's a lot of thought, like, you know, how could he have packed that much food to feed the animals for this much time? Can you imagine how much food uh, two elephants would need uh, over uh, a period of uh, almost two hundred days? Whoa, you know, not to mention the the gorillas and rhinos and, and everything else but realistically let, let's let's think about this in terms of the story um you know if, if god could command these animals to show up on the ark you know he could sort of miraculously make their appetites not so big you know maybe their f- little bit of food went a long way maybe it was you know we, we that's silly to get into those details uh, to let that bother you for the message of this story this is a god wants to cleanse the world of wickedness this is how he does it all right so uh at this point uh noah this is where it gets a little interesting here so they they, they um they send out a bird and uh it's a raven and the bird went and uh never came back and then they sent a dove and the, and the dove did come back and they sent it out again and it and it came back uh, with an olive branch, uh, so they knew land was nearby, and so you know the, the symbol of a dove holding an olive branch comes from this story. If you if you didn't know that, most people do, but you know maybe you didn't. And uh, God then uh, shows up. It says here on the second month, on the twenty seventh day, uh, that God goes, "Hey, come out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons." And your son's wives with you and all the animals that are with you in the flesh. Take them out. Let them swarm over the earth. And this great, great memorable phrase uh, that God says, be fruitful and multiply. Um, Go have a bunch of sex and and, and replenish the earth. So you've got 
uh, new genetic diversity uh, ready to repopulate the human race again. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's a little better than when Adam and Eve had to do it. Uh, let's be fair. You had two people uh, that, that, you know, genetically are, are, are the 23 and me for everybody else. But in this case, you've got Noah and his wife uh, feasibly could still have sex. He was having... You know, uh, babies at 500, why not at 600? You know, that, that's not so crazy, is it? And uh, he's got three sons with three daughters. We don't know where those daughters came from. So, you know, hopefully from different areas and families uh, to restart that there. And uh, and uh, they let everything go out of the ark. And they made uh, some offerings to God. Made some offerings to God, burnt those offerings. And, and God said, look, never again, never again will I... Uh, curse the ground on man's account and um you know uh, for as long as he uh lived it never fled the world again some people say the rainbow was god's promise that he would never uh flood the world again but but um you know he tells him uh, some other weird things he says um you know don't eat things with blood still in the flesh and uh you know do not um spill the blood of man uh, for in his image, God, basically saying, you know, don't spill the blood of man. Don't kill each other. Don't be jerks. Um, now, I'm getting this a little bit odd and wrong, perhaps, but uh, interesting that the Jehovah Witnesses uh, take that passage in the Bible, and they take the practice of not taking blood transfusions from that, because uh, God uh, ordered never spill the blood of man. Uh, so that's that's kind of interesting, right? Uh, enough said there um but here here's the you know plenty of amazing things in this story but uh we're gonna wrap up with uh one of the the most odd stories this is a this is a part of the story that uh that definitely gets skipped in sunday school um so noah we, we learned is he's the first guy to ever uh make wine and so they uh till the soil and uh, he makes he gets a vineyard going, and he, he makes uh, some wine, and he gets drunk. He was the first to plant a vineyard, and he drank of the wine and became drunk. And uh, he had a tent, and he passed out naked in his tent. Who hasn't done that, you know? He's enjoying a... He, he just spent almost 100 years building a, a boat. And finally, uh, he doesn't have to smell gorilla and zebra shit anymore so he's celebrating by uh he gets he gets screwed up in the head he he drinks so much wine and he uh he's passed out naked in his tent and his son ham um walked in and saw his father now the way this is written is as he uh exposed his nakedness uh uncovered his nakedness and uh he goes and tells his brother uh, Shem and Japheth, like, hey, tells them all about what, what happened. And they do something kind of interesting here. Uh, his two brothers walk backwards into the tent so they don't see their dad and cover him up. And then when Noah wakes up, he's, uh, he's pissed. He's mad. Uh, he says, uh, cursed be to Canaan, the lo- who is Ham's son. Has nothing to do with anything here. He curses Ham's son, and uh, they are exiled. And uh, the Canaanites uh, 
are produced from there. And it said that uh, Noah lived another 350 years. 950 years old Noah was. And um, he also tells them, uh, the other two sons, that uh, Japheth, you will dwell in the tents of Shem. And until them, Canaan will be a slave. Canaan and his peoples. So let's think about this for a minute here. This is this is a really interesting story. So on the surface, it reads that uh, Ham walks in on his drunk, naked dad, saw him naked, told his brothers about it. They basically close their eyes and cover their dad up. And then Ham's son is cursed and all his offspring. The evil Canaanites are uh, come from this. And we'll talk about the Canaanites in another show. But uh, that seems pretty harsh. You know, why Why does the son have to pay for the sins of his father? Also kind of funny that, like, you know, God cleansed the world of wickedness and something that bad happens so quickly, you know. You know, maybe should have threw that one brother over the boat. But, uh, but no, there, there's thoughts that maybe something sexual happened here. There's a lot. It's not clear, and at least the Bible that we've got now... Uh, unless it was changed in some early draft that was lost to time. Uh, there's some thoughts that maybe there was something sexual that happened. Maybe Ham did something sexual to his father. Uh, maybe he mocked his father's nakedness in some kind of a way. Uh, there's even some thoughts that uh, he may have done something sexual with his own mother. Uh, uncovering his nakedness may mean more than just taking someone's clothes off or seeing someone's naked. It may have been a term for... Um, having sex with his own mother. And there's even a thought that uh, perhaps his son, uh, Canaan, uh, was the product of that um, happening there. So you could see, you can imagine that, that reaction that Noah has to curse the son uh, of, of Ham uh, might have been a little bit more uh, rational, I suppose, uh, if there was something sexual there. I mean, because who hasn't passed out naked and had somebody walk in on him there? That's just, that's a tale as old as time. But, uh, anyway, we'll save the rest of that for another story. But, uh, yeah, there's, there's Noah's art, you know? I mean, it's, a um, a lot of fun songs about Noah's Ark, uh, some really bad movies. I don't know if you've ever seen Noah, uh, with, uh, <laughs> with uh, Russell Crowe. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, kind of freaky and weird. And uh, they actually uh, interpret the Nephilim in the Noah film um, as these giant stone-like lava creatures from Lord of the Rings. And and they... Uh, uh, yeah. There, there's another TV movie uh, about Noah where they combine the story of Sodom and Gomorrah with it, too, in a weird way. Um Bernadette, oh no, Carol King, Carol King, Carol Kane, right, Carol Kane plays uh, Lot's wife in that. But uh, yeah, there's a TV f- film where um, John Voight plays Noah, and they add a bunch of crazy extra stuff, like uh, uh, Lee Marvin pulls up to the side of their boat during the flood as a traitor and gives them some things that they didn't pack, and then he says, hello, goodbye. You know, kind of a funny, uh, weird little extra thing there, but uh there you go. There's, there's been some funny stories about how the, the, the unicorn was uh, playing around and, and never made it onto the ark, and that's why we don't have unicorns anymore. 
Um, and then it became a narwhal. You know, it's all, who knows? There's some thoughts about why, you know, could the whole world have been flooded? What would that have done to freshwater and seawater creatures? Um, who knows? Um, the Bible is full of stories that if you pick them apart literally, you just won't have any uh, fun with them. Um, but, you know, God resets everything. He says he'll never destroy the whole world again. Uh, until later in the book of Genesis when he destroys a pretty big city there. But, uh, you know, he didn't flood the world again. Well, he did, but just not the whole world. But whatever. But it's a fun story. Uh, I hope you liked uh, this episode. You could again, visit us at superbibleparty.com and um, try to have a new episode for you every Tuesday morning. Maybe late Monday night. Some people say, "Could you do it every Sunday?" Eh, I kind, yeah, I like to enjoy my weekends. Uh, but uh, life's been going pretty good for me, and uh, I'm glad you're tuning in. And uh, have a great day. We'll see you next week. Um, next week we're going to talk about. Um, I don't know. Send me some ideas. You could reach me at uh, Robert at SuperBibleParty.com. Uh, have a great day, everybody. Love y'all. And may all your days be great days. Thanks for listening to Super Bible Party. Tell a friend about it. God be with you till we meet again. Sung by Anthony and Harrison, Edison Records.